Goosebumps number 35, uh, Shocker on Shock Street by R.L. Stein. It's a real dead end. Talk about shock treatment. Erin Wright and her best friend Marty love horror movies, especially Shocker on Shock Street movies. All kinds of scary creatures live on Shock Street. The Toadinator, Ape Face, The Mad Mangler... But when Aaron and Marty visit the new Shocker Studio theme park, they get the scare of their lives. First, their tram gets stuck in the cave of the living creeps. Then they're attacked by a group of enormous praying mantises. Real life is a whole lot scarier than the movies. But Shock Street isn't really real, is it? Listener beware, you're in for a scare. Nice kids. Shocker and Shock Street. Time to get shocked. You guys, welcome to Welcome to Deadcast. My name is Daniel Montgomery. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery, and there's nothing that we love more than Goosebumps. There's nothing that I love more besides Night of the Living Dummy and maybe Welcome to Dead House than a Shocker on Shock Street. It is one of my favorites. Ever since we started doing Deadcast, I thought to myself, like, Shocker on Shock Street's coming up. That is one of Daniel's ultimate faves. My favorites. And you guys, I think it should have been the movie. Yeah, I can I see that for sure. should have been the movie. It's really cinematic and really big. Even though in the movie, we did have a giant praying mantis. We do have a giant praying mantis We should say that the cover of this book is a giant silvery... Uh, shiny centerpiece a, a, a giant um, I almost said grasshopper praying mantis coming down a street and there's like a little street sign that says shock street and there's like this big fiery sunset behind it yes um, and I think I think in the movie they they saw a giant praying mantis on the cover of a book and said like let's have a giant praying mantis in the movie and that was like one of the and didn't monsters. think about it too much yeah which it was really terrifying in the movie and I really liked that and the only thing in real life that actually scares me are praying mantises they absolutely terrify me do you hate um, the snapping noise they make when they jump. Um, I hate the snapping noise they make. I hate everything about them. And I told you about the time where I was at my friend Ryan's family's like um, no estate in Texas. No. no, and the we were sitting around a fireplace and praying mantises. Th- I told you th- this is the Lord's truth. Three separate times th- without the course of two hours, three separate praying mantises le- leapt towards the flames and jumped into the fire and burned in front of our I very hate, eyes. I hate everything about that. Specifically, I hate everything about Watch that. Watch three praying mantises die in front of me by, by their own hands. And we tried to save one of them at one point. But oh, God. Everything about them terrifies me. Ever since I was little, they scare me so much. And while I was rereading this book, I Googled them and was like, I was like, let me Why? see if they're as scary as, just, I don't know, to see if they're as scary, to face my fears, see if they're as scary as I remember. Good for you. And they are, and they're absolutely terrifying. They're terrifying. Yeah. I, anyway, and the colors of this book are a, um, 
uh, kind of a creamy Meyer lemon and a and a slight mm, silver gray. Mm, I call it a mild canary. Oh, yellow. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I would. I think I gave this book a B or a B plus. You gave it a B. It's a good B horror this, movie. This is one of our books that has that has been worn and torn with pages barely hanging on because we love it so much. Yeah, maybe maybe actually the most worn and torn that we have. So I far. would say so. Besides yes. goat worms, for some reason goat worms is also. It's because like you let what's his face you're borrow right, it. I let Michael Wallace borrow it, borrow it in yeah, fourth grade. Michael Wallace borrow it. I let him borrow the bid. <laughs> so let's just jump on in. Please. A shocker and shock tree uh, came out in September oh, 1995. Can I cut you off for a second? Sure. So I was you just, already did. Um, oh, when I'm doing, when I, when I'm doing, um, I like, you know, just Google the books that we're working on. By the way, there's an audio book for this oh, one yes, as well. I've heard it. That's a total blast. There's an audio book for this one. There's a Goosebumps graphics novel for this one. There is the a Goosebumps TV. graphics novel's great. There is a craptastic TV episode that we, we will we talk unfortunately, about. Unfortunately, we will talk about. Yeah. And also, I just Googled a Shocker and Shock Street on YouTube. And do you know, a while ago, I don't know, you and I have never talked about this before. Okay. A while ago, I said, like, a lot of the Goosebumps titles sound like names of a band or names of a song. Yes. Did you know the band Dr. Acula? No. There's a band called Dr. Acula. It has a shocker on Shock Street is one of their songs, but also has other songs like Say Cheese and Die and Let's Get Invisible. What is it? I want to hear the Shocker and Shock Street And song. also, I was trying to explain this to Nick Walsh a couple weeks ago, who gave me a set of Goosebumps sheets for my birthday, which were amazing. And I said, I was like, Dr. Acula, he's like... Dracula, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." This is what "Shocker and Shock" by Doctor Acula sounds like. So, do we call what do we call that? <laughs> is that I like the pig, pig metals? Yeah. <laughs> But they all all of their songs sound like that. Every song is about two minutes long, and I thought that was kind of well. Amazing. I'm certainly not mad at them. Yeah, their pianist is Cammy Murder. Welcome to Camp Nightmare. Let's get invisible. Oh man, we are so blessed. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to share that. I don't know. Maybe that's like old news to some people or a surprise. But like, if that's not your kind of music, then you won't like any of the songs because all of them sound like that. Wow. How? When was that song released? Do you um, know. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. All yeah. right. Sure. Anyway. Great. Did that shock you? <laughs> yeah, I'm shocked. All right. So let's just jump on in. Okay. <laughs> so the protagonists of this book are Aaron and Marty. And Aaron's dad is working with the Shocker on... Sh- the Shocker... Is working with Shocker Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, let's just... I want to start the book. I want to yeah, start yeah. the discussion of the book of how this book starts. Yeah. So we start with Aaron and Marty in the dark, scared... And, um, and kind of this like vague, ambiguous, dark surroundings. Yes, they see like this gray light ahead of them. There's a fence with a, a, a danger keep and out And Marty just BFFs. There's no knowing little brother and sister in this one. They're no, just no brother and sister, just platonic BFF. And Aaron is a girl, by the way. It's Aaron E R I N. Yes, Aaron is a girl, and Marty is a man. And Marty is a grown man with a tiny little girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're both twelve. And there's certain little notes that Arlstein includes that there's um there's they hear a cough behind them and then crunching sounds beside. <laughs> and there's it's pretty scary crunch. and dark and it's night of course and they come to this faded fence and they hear this creature clawing and scratching at the it fence. 
And they also are, I like to note, they're on this wet sort of puddle-filled street that sort of shakes as each sort of... It sort of shakes, shakes, shakes. Sort of of shakes as each stomp of the creature behind the fence happens. And all of a sudden, the fence sort of like crumbles away and the monster pops out. And this monster, I had to really wrap my head around this. I had to really wrap my head head around this monster. It's a head of a wolf, but the body of a giant red crab with four claws huh and it growls and comes towards them and and aaron and marty jump up but there's nowhere to run and Uh, someone behind them says please sit down and it turns out they're in a movie theater watching a movie they're watching shocker on shock street six did i mean did you keep the canonography the canonana yeah (laughs) Because I was like, there's only six Shocker and Shock Street movies, but then they talk about a lot of movies in this book. I will make a point to mention every single one of them. And I want to see them all pretty prees. With a Virginia on top. <laughs> and uh, basically, they're they're in a movie seeing this this special screening of Shocker and Shock Street 6. Because of Aaron's dad. Aaron's dad is working for the Shocker Studios, and we'll tell you why in I was just trying a to second. figure out why we say dad like that all the time. It's because of Stay Out of the Basement. It's because of Stay Out of the Basement. I was watching Stay Out of the Basement on a date the other night. This guy Ooh. came over watching VHS tapes in my bedroom. and I watched it on my birthday. At like 2 in the morning, he was like, let's watch a Goosebumps episode. And he hadn't seen Goosebumps. Wow, he sounds like a, a keeper. Yeah, he's cool. And so like we, we started watching uh, Stay Out of the Basement, and I... And I there's so many times where Mark goes, my real dad. I, I probably say dad like that too often. The way that I say and do everything is mostly from the Haunted Mask, yes. but it's also uh, it's mostly influenced and by shows all. from other Goosebumps episodes. And it's morphed into some weird own language of its own. Yeah, and also of its own. the whole Department dad. of Redundancy Department. Yes, my the, dad. That whole thing also happens in this, in this TV episode, I feel like, a little bit. Aaron oh. all the time is like, dad. We will get there, you guys. Amen. The TV episode, you guys, is trash. I have a lot to say about it. I think it's a total blast and absolute crap trash. It's crap. <laughs> it's a piss poor episode of television. It's not listen, Brandon. Deborah Forte, you my girl. Yeah. But like, girl, this is some, tr- this is some trash. I had the most fun watching it today, though, TV. Oh, I didn't say I didn't have a good time. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, back to. <sighs> Back to Shocker and Shark Shock sh- Shark Street. Back to sh- oh a shark a Shocker and Shark Street. Ooh. Six. Basically, what ha- throughout the movie, I just need to talk about the plot of this movie for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The monster ends up like snapping a little kid on his tricycle and snaps the kid in half. And they're basically the whole movie. This town is ravaged by this killer wolf crab, and they end up defeating the crab at the end and steaming him and eating him and dipping him in butter. Ridiculous! Again, this is that thing where it's like, I'm like, is this sanitary? How are twelve year old Aaron and Marty seeing some movie where some kid gets murdered? This is a straight up R rated horror movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, it's because Arl Stein lives in that that 50s 60s sort of like go Completely. to the, go to the movie theater on saturday morning and see the, the see the b horror picture shows yeah and, and it's li- living in that sort of world yeah i think there is an excuse here for aaron and marty to see it because like we said a thousand times already aaron's dad is working with shocker studios i just think as a little kid reading this book me reading this book about other little kids seeing like really kind of violent scary movies it makes you be like i want to see him yeah of course of course absolutely so the movie's over and 
uh, Marty's like, I wasn't that scared. It was pretty cool. And Aaron's like, girl, you were terrified. I'm also, my ass is hungry for some crab. Me too. Give me some of that butter dick. So they're like sort of being like roughhousing each other as they leave the movie theater. Same. And one of the patrons says, you twins need to be more careful. And they're like, we're not twins, but they both look alike. And they're this, both like chubby and short. They're both, of course, and- they're 12 years old. They're both short and kind of chubby with round faces, short black hair, blue eyes, and noses that sort of turn up. And basically, um, they, they're they just sort of like, a, they're leaving this this screening and are so, are just buzzing and so excited about it. And they talk about... Buzzing like neon. And I'm feeling like, let's go upstairs and see your dad. Well, I do want to point out every single monster involved in this particular movie. Even yes, though it's a wolf please. crab, Marty's like, please, the electric eel woman looked so fake. And Aaron's like, yeah, but you screamed when the toxic creep leapt out of the nuclear waste. <laughs> the nuclear mm. waste. Lisa doesn't take a nuclear scientist to say foliage. And they... <laughs> My favorite. And um, <clears throat> as they're walking out of the movie theater, they are turning the corner. And as they turn the corner, the wolf crab is actually there. I ordered crab. And... Actually, it's just a man in a costume, you guys. Oh, wow. That was such a big scare. And he's handing out flyers, and the flyers say, see the movie, play the game on (laughs) CD-ROM. And the the guy goes, oh, sorry if I scared you guys. Like, it's cool. So they take the elevator up to um, uh, Aaron's dad's office. And Aaron's dad, his job is he builds theme parks. Like, you know, prehistoric park. Uh... And he designs rides. like Spared ro- no expense. Roller coaster rides. So they take the elevator. So I guess his office is in the same building where the screening took place. Yeah. And... I have a very strong visual of what that looks like. I do too. So they get to the his office. His office looks like a playroom. It's filled with toys and stuffed animals and posters and models of monsters and roller coasters. There's also all kinds of stuff from Shock Street, like the Wolf Girl's Paws from Nightmare on Shock Street. I understand why this is one of your favorite books. This makes me so excited. Just those words. Woo! And meanwhile, Dad is on the phone and he's having a very serious conversation. He's tall and thin with blonde hair and skin that turns pale pink very easily in big round glasses with dark frames and then he this is so ridiculous he hangs up the phone and he goes i have some very bad news chapter break and the kids are like what, what? what's what wrong is- dad dad and he's like gotcha i've actually got good news and they're like <laughs> dad. and he shows them this tiny little white plastic vehicle with four wheels and he says you guys know what this is this is the model tram car for the shocker studios tour oh it's about to open to the pub brick but he wants the two of them to test it out first and they're so excited and aaron's like oh my god this is awesome can mom come and the dad goes what? What did you say to me? Are, Are you, you feeling, feeling okay? And then chapter break. And he says, actually, what about men? He says, you know what, Aaron? I think you and Marty will have a better time if you go by yourself. So next afternoon, here we go. Here we go. It's a gray, hazy, foggy, spooky day. And they're driving up the Hollywood Hills. This was so fun to read a Goosebumps book that took place in L.A. I think it's one of the only L.A. <laughs> or place in Hollywood. It's one of the only L.A. <laughs> ones that we get besides <laughs> the Abominable Summoner, Pasadena. 
and they can even see the Hollywood sign as they're driving up the hill. This description didn't really make no sense if you really know about the geography of Ellie like our asses do because we live here, come to visit. There are no movie studios up in the top of the Hollywood hill. That don't make no sense, you can't go up there, that don't make no sense. So they get to Shocker Studios and there's a Shocker Studios sign in blood red letters and they go through an iron gate and above the iron gate is gold script letters that say beware. I think I would give my left but to go to Shocker Studios. Our asses are so close to Hollywood Hills right now. I, we could be there in literally four, three or four minutes from right now. And the idea of Shocker Street Studios being gag, up gag, there gag, and some gag, twisty gag, turning gag, on that gag, boggy gag, old gag, Laurel gag, Canyon. Gag, okay, Mulholland Drive, turn up. So they get there. Uh, they're obviously, um, uh, Aaron's dad is driving. Them. Obviously, they're uh, not driving. <laughs> they can't do that. They're only twelve. They can only see R-rated movies all the time, but they can't drive. So they're basically the only pr- people there. They're only the only people in the parking lot either, as well. And besides, like three or four other cars, it's empty, as what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's and what they, he's trying to say. Ugh, so they get onto this platform in front of the main building of Shocker Studios. And it's facing this wide street that goes down a long hill with a dozen sort of like platform nine and three shockers. (laughs) And the street goes down to where you can see like sound stages and things like that. Right up in the Hollywood Hills. And Marty's very excited and so many questions. And um, uh, at one point, Aaron's dad says, whoa, calm down. You'll blow a fuse. So then the, the tram pulls up almost immediately. The trams are bleh, uh, pretty cool. And I want to describe what the tram looks like. Freeze. It's six tram cars shaped like roller coaster cars Ooh. open on top. And mm, sorry with the fringe on top. And they're sort of only wider and long, longer and wider than roller coaster cars is what Earl Stein says. And they're black. And the very front car has a grinning white skull painted on it. Ooh. Yes, God. There's Let's also see. no safety bar anything on mm. the, the tram that cars. sexy and fun? You know what I just realized? We haven't had a redhead in this book yet. And then a redheaded woman with a, is sitting in the first <laughs> car. Ding, 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 ding. And she's, she's wearing all black. She's, hi, I am Alinda. I'm your tour guide. Redhead. Redhead. And she hands red plastic guns um to Aaron and Mar- well she pulls out two red plastic guns from her canvas bag and says this is a shocker stun ray blaster they can freeze a monster in its tracks from 20 feet don't, don't fire, fire them unless you have, have to. to sure hope you don't have to <laughs> and she reaches to give Marty one but then she trips on a cord and the loud buzz a bright ray of yellow light comes buzzing out of the gun and Linda's frozen in place she shocked herself oh no she shocked Someone slipped her the shocker. Oh my God. (laughs) And there's a chapter break and then she comes back to life and goes, just kidding, that's the first shock on the tour. Oh, adults and their stupid jokes in this book. I was like, that, I was like, what? So wait, was it, the the cord the no the cord didn't shock her it's that she tripped on the cord and the gun went off and she was to accidentally shoot herself but it was just a joke it was just kidding if you don't try to think about it because that's really the only use the for thing, these guns the thing with me is I don't think, think about, about it. it I don't think about it so here they go they're on their own so they get in the tram on my and Linda hits like a button uh, steps on a button on the on the platform and the dad waves goodbye and they're off here we go and. She says, you know, you guys normal stuff. Don't get out of the tram. Keep your arms Stay and legs inside. Yes, exactly. So the, 
The first, she says, the first stop is the haunted house of horror. I'm in, girl. And they start going down the hill towards those buildings. And Marty thinks the gun is super lame. And they're like, oh gosh, will we see Chakro? Will we see Wolf Boy and Wolf Girl? Will we see the Piranha People? Captain Sick, the great gopher mutant? And as they're driving down the hill, the train. By the way, it's a really, it's a cloudy day in LA and it's gonna get dark and foggy and dark and nasty. And even though it's daytime, it's almost as dark as night. Get nasty. Yes. So the tram takes a Mr. sharp, Stein, if you're nasty, sharp tur- corner, a turn on a corner. Ouch! Too sharp. And all of a sudden, they're in front of the haunted house of horror. Ooh. And the haunted house of horror has tall stone turrets, so tall that they're hidden by some fog. It's not true. I know. And there's weeds that are choking the lawn, and the basically the house looks really creepy and old with green, pale, dim light from the tall window in front. I'm sort of picturing like the, the house from Bates Motel. House in Bates Motel. That's or Adam or Adam's family. If you're, if, if anyone's asked us who's been listening to this has been to lives in LA or comes to LA if you go on the Universal Studios tour where you go to like that's what I'm picturing the base Mattel in the house that, that's completely the, the 100 what I'm picturing yes there's a there uh, there is a gate a big gate around the house a rusty iron porch that is swinging a by my itself. new house and um, Marty's like it looks kind of small in, in person but the gate is um, the gate is swinging by itself the porch um, swing is swinging by itself and the shutters all of a sudden fly open at once and light comes on in the windows. We can see silhouettes of skeletons hanging and swinging. And it's very sexy. It's very sensuous. So the tram circles the house one time and they hear screams of terror terror inside. My new house. Shutters banging, the porch swinging. And they, they, they go to the backyard and through the gate in the backyard and they're bumping across that lawn Fast. Yeah, bump and grind. And I'd like to point out that this tram doesn't really have a track. It kind of like travels on its own. It goes wherever it wants. And as they're racing towards the back door, there's a sign above the back door that says, Abandon All Hope. And they're getting closer and closer to the back door, and they're going to crash. But last minute, the door swings open. And they are in, the tram slows down, and they're Can in I a- just say that I would want my own book about the House of Haunted Horror? Me too. Like, this could... Not only get its own book, but I think its own book series. That's what's so great about Shocker and Shocks. We get to live so many movies, so many lives, so many books in one. And we're just getting started. Oh, wow. Are and you guys having fun? They're in a dark, dust-covered Who kitchen. They hear an evil laugh, and pots and pans all fall to the floor at once, causing a big scream. Sounds like my kitchen. And it's like that moment in Paranormal Activity 2 when all the oh yeah, all the pots and all the drawers, the oven opens by itself. I miss scary movies. I miss Me Halloween too. time. Stupid old February. Nothing happens in February. I hate it. So all this stuff happens at once. It's a big old scare. A teapot whistles. The oven door opens. The dishes rattle. They hear, hear an evil laugh. And <laughs> says, welcome to my humble home. Well, not not quite. No, not yet. We'll get there in a second. We'll get there in a second. That doesn't happen yet. Marty's kind of like, oh, this is kind of boring. We're just sitting in a kitchen. And Aaron's like, come it's on. It's kind it's of funny the idea of this tram just driving through a house with no track. Yeah, so the tram starts driving through the house down a dark hallway. And there are paintings of goblins and creatures along the hallway and a closet door springs open and a skeleton pops out with its jaw open and its arms out and then snaps back on in oh. this is my dream no this is house. my dream this is very sexy I was taking a bath while I was reading this part oh. and it was nasty naughty ooh nasty yeah so they turn into a large round living room with a large candle chandelier and all the candles you blow out up a chandelier all the candles blow out and then they hear an evil laugh and that's when they hear it says do welcome to my my humble home. And Aaron looks over at Marty. She's like, isn't this cool? But Marty's not there. 
Marty, where'd you go? Aaron can't see a damn thing and she's reaching around. She's screaming, saying, Marty, Marty, is it a black light trick? Please. And then a fire blazes. Wait, in the fu- we, we skipped a part. Marty, M- Marty says, I'm, I'm here. I'm right here. She says, but I can't see you. I can't see you. Is it a trick of the light? What's going on? And that's when the fire blazes in the fire. And this is one of my favorite parts in the book, actually. A big black armchair spins around and there's a grinning skeleton. By the way, grinning skeleton doesn't really make sense, but I'll take it. I'll take it to the bank, the money bank, and says, I hope you like my house because you will never leave. (laughs) Cackles and crackles. And the the tram immediately jolts to a start down another long hallway whipping and whirling around corners climbing up dipping down a dark ride tilting sideways so yes the they start zipping through all these crazy hallways up and down roller coaster through a hallway and banging into each other touching each other no safety bar they're screaming i don't need a safety bar i can handle it they're screaming their tits off and it goes on for a while they're like on, on a roller coaster inside of a house yeah through hallways. And you know this made me think of? Recently I was in Africa or whatever. And like when we were in Africa, we like climbed a cloth. Uh, climbed a cloth. Oh, that some, sounds like, cool. Yeah, some like... We the were, Carly cloths? Yeah, the, or the Carly cloths. We were in these like, you know, caravan things going on safari. And at one point we had to like turn around and go back really, really quickly. Because Demi, Demi got sick, so we had to go back. And we were over like dipping in rocky terrain and we're riding really really fast but there's no safety bars no nothing Ooh, and so you're just banging around in like the in the Kent, the the Mara desert over rocks and hills and banging around and for a second I was like this is like a crazy crazy ride I'm about to fly out nothing stopped me from flying out it's like a shocker on shock street yes yes I don't want any safety bar in any part of my I'll life I'll never need a safety bar ever I promise so justice they all of a sudden burst through some doors and they're in the backyard again bouncing hard through through the backyard zigzagging through trees and they bump onto a road and finally slow down and they're like girl that was great i know but i wasn't ready to leave it was i so wasn't fun. ready either it's so sad what a total blast so the tram comes to a stop between two tall rows of evergreen bushes and then ain't nothing happening until a pair of red eyes be poking out between those evergreen bush and they hear rustling sounds and they see claws sort of like peeking their way through the the bushes and creatures start popping out and climbing onto the tram oh no creatures coming out with a monster with tangled brown fur and yellow teeth roars and says would you like an autograph it's ape face this is the autographing part of the tour so then all these monsters like come out of the shrubbery and just start offering autographs to Aaron and Marty. Monsters like the toxic wild the toxic wild man who's basically just covered in purple slime. And my favorite, Sweet Sue, a walking talking baby doll with red hair that you can brush, but she's really a mutant murderer from Mars. I thought about that and I was like, "All right, so she is a mutant and a murderer from Mars. She is not a woman who a little girl who murders mutants." from mars you know what i'm saying if you guys are blessed enough to have the goosebumps graphics novel the second you know ish book is terror trips and they have shocker and shock street in there and i always thought 
how they how they the illustrations are great, but how they illustrate Sweet Sue in the graphics novel always stood out to me for some reason because it doesn't really to me it, does, it looks like a lizard lady instead of like she a she looks baby more doll. like the electric eel woman. Yeah, completely. Anyway, if you guys are in Barnes and Noble sometime soon or you want to get a copy for yourself, I highly recommend it. Yes, the graphics novel is pretty incredible, and 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 they do a fantastic job, and it's as good as graphics novels Goosebumps wise get. It's so good. M A H O. So, uh, also, they see the fabulous frog, or he's also known as the Toadinator. I don't know. He's a frog-faced guy with purple and brown warts. You guys might remember him from the movies Pond Scum and Pond Scum 2. So, the fabulous... I fucking love you so much. I, I want to watch them so bad. So badly. So, the, after the autographs, they all sort of slink back, and, and Aaron's like, that was so dumb, but uh, it, it kind of cool. cool. And Marty's like, please. They're just actors in costumes. Arian says, but they look so real. No We're zippers. All just actors in costumes. No zippers, no real. They had real fur and real slime. It, they seem so real. I don't know, Marty. They seem so real. Maybe they're real. And then the tram backs out of the, the little. Who is controlling this tram? I don't know. So real. And Maybe it's real. Aaron can see down the hill towards the so, white buildings. So real. Um, and they're, and uh, the tram starts bumping across the grass. And starts, like, going up a hill, basically. And she's like, what? I thought we'd go down the hill. But we're going up a hill. And they hear um, an announcement through the tram that says, please remain in the car at all times. Your next stop will be the Cave of the Living Living Creeps. And they zigzag through trees. And they come to a dark, big, dark cave hole. Cut to a hill. There haven't been any bats in this book yet. I know. And carved above the the hole is some... is is a word that that says farewell and be with they squeeze through the hole it's a real tight squeeze when i was reading this i was dreading this because i was like girl i know where came the living creeps that's be this praying mantis is coming up so uh matthew just mentioned bats right and i want to read this quick little section yes and as they as they as they enter the cave um Bar- marty whispers bats what do you think aaron think there are bats in here he leaned close and let an evil laugh in my ear marty knows that i hate bats i know i know bats aren't really evil creatures and they aren't dangerous bat eat bats eat mosquitoes and other insects and they don't attack people or get tangled in your hair or try to suck your blood that's only in movies i know all that but i don't care bats are ugly and creepy and disgusting and i hate them (laughs) So they they're squeezing they're squeezing through these tiny little corners and um, all of a sudden this icy cold thing falls on Aaron. Ooh, this whole sequence makes me feel sicked. And an icy cold thing flops in the back of her neck, and it's a long white worm, a long glowing white worm about a foot long. And all of a sudden, icy cold wet worm stop plopping down from the ceiling and landing on their necks and ears and faces. Plop plop, some a foot long. Plop. Pop some a foot long. Ew, icy white worms, and they pull them off, and they're like, sick. The tram turns, it goes, starts going down a different tunnel, and the worms stop. And they're like, sick, was that real, or are they robots? This next part actually 
praying mantises make me scream, but this part makes me screech. So as they're in this new tunnel, they feel, uh, or no, Aaron feels something scratchy and dry cover something her. Something, a scratching and a scratch. And she realizes it's a spider's web, and she tries to pull it off, but she realizes there are spiders all over her. Tiny, tiny spiders all over her. One crawls up inside her nose. Yes, she tries to pull some off her head, and she's like, are the, ew, and, and too scary. I'm screaming. I'm screeching. And Marty helps her pull the spiders off. Ew. And they're like, Is, are they real, or are they robots? I don't know. The one just crawled my nose, I think, was a robot. So Marty's like, this is so cool. And Aaron's like, I don't know, Marty. I think it's a little a too little real. So they come into this wide cavern that's like a mile high. Wow. With rocks and rocks and rocks piled on rocks. And everything is an eerie green light. Oh, wow. And then the tram comes to a stop. And then they're stuck. They're stuck there for two for at least two minutes. Only hearing the dripping sounds. Boring. Aaron's like, can anyone hear us? And she turns over and sees that Marty is gone. No, please. Oh no, it must be that illusion from earlier, that trick. I knew but it. But then she reaches out her hands and sees he's actually really gone. No, please. And then, oh no, she hears a scrape from the side of the tram and it's Marty. Oh, Marty's always playing a joke. What is he, a dumb adult? He was just trying to scare her and he was hiding behind the tram and she's and and she says stop it you're the living creature. you're not Marty. supposed to get out marty's like yeah well i think it's broken down and stuck so they get out and try to move the tram but it won't budge and he's like we should go we should walk out of here and aaron's like absolutely not we should wait but marty's like i'm going anyway and then suit yourself you guys this is where it starts and aaron starts to follow him and as um as she st- starts to follow Marty, she sees uh, up ahead of Marty a horrible, nasty creature. I hate this description, so I'm going to read it. A tall steel crane, silvery and metallic, thin legs, black, a billiard ball eyes, spinning wildly on its silver skull. I hate this part. Soft, mushy mouth, tongue darting out between long, bristly whiskers, Front legs waving, short white sticks unfolding like a long leaf. I hate it. Just like Aaron hates bats. So it's a big old silvery praying mantis, of course. Sick. No, please. And it hops forward, its antennae spinning, eyes focused on them, tongue swinging and making loud sucking sounds. Gross. And Arl Fuck you, Arlstein, Arlstein points out that bitch. it's three times as tall as they are. So the movie, the movie one, I think, is... Maybe it's about right. I imagine them being like eight feet tall. That's yes. how I imagine. Like eight or nine feet tall. Nine the absolute moist. Well, Matthew, as Matthew just said, them, there's there's more than one. More oh, start to appear. No. And Marty's like, who cares? These are robots. And Aaron's like, no, they are so real. Maybe they're and- real. The mantis rubs baby, its baby. front legs together and a high-pitched screech sound comes, like, it happens. And another uh, praying mantis jumps out from the rocks, chittering, saliva globs falling on the ground. This is my worst nightmare. Flashing its silvery wings for a second. They're like, we should go back to the tram, but the first praying mantis hops between them and the tram, and it headbutts Aaron really hard. I hate this. It's too scary. And it pushes her and pushes Marty towards the center of the cave, and then two more 
praying mantises appear. The asses are getting bullied by these giant praying mantises. And then two more appear, so there are six, and they all rise high on their hind legs and spin their front legs around and around and around and around. And they screech and they rub the, ah, they rub their hairy arms yeah. together and shoot a black one spits a fat black gob out of his mouth a thum thup onto Marty's foot and it's like glue Marty can't move his foot and then one one spits on Aaron's shirt and it's so hot that it burns through her shirt what this thick black I don't know I think Aaron, Aaron's dad is a lunatic if he's making all this shit right like no kidding so. Like, what do they do? Should they, what about their guns? Should they get their stun guns? Yeah, use those. And Aaron's like, all right, I know how to defeat the bugs. How do you defeat normal bugs? You You stomp stomp on them. them. So she like, even though this praying mantis is eight feet tall, three times taller than her, she she starts stepping on his legs and the monster freaks out and like runs away. And she and Marty start stomping on their legs and it scares like it scares the mantises oh okay so aaron runs back to the tram grabs the stun gun and and is feeling her way along the wall trying to get trying to get out and then finds a tiny little crack and squeezes through a crack in the cave wall and is outside now she's outside during the daylight in in la but she hears Marty inside screaming, help, help, help. They're eating me. They're eating me. But then me. she turns around and it's like Marty had already squeezed through the same crack too and was just leaning against the wall and goes, ha, ha, ha. April, April Fool's. Fools. September 1995, April Fool's. Aaron's like, that's not funny. There's something's wrong about this. This is too much. This is too real. It's too scary. And I Marty's like, it's fine. It's still pretty cool. And at this point, it's almost evening. Yeah. It's dark and it's foggy. And... They look down, they're on the side of a hill and they see, they run down to the street at the bottom of the hill and they realize, oh my goodness. You guys, we're we're on on Shock Shock Street. Street. And Shock Street is a street of low one and two story buildings. There's There's shops, there's a general store, there's a crumbly old mansion behind twisted trees. There's the old cemetery across the street behind a big advance. And they are so excited. They peek in every window, they stop. There's an empty lot. Excuse me. Oh, that's the same lot where the mad mangler would lurk and mangle people people in Shocker 3. Marty's so excited. And oh, look, that's that cemetery from Cemetery on Shock Street. (laughs) And he wants to go inside the cemetery. So he pulls open the old cracked and peeling wooden gate. And the gate gets stuck for a second, but yanks it open. Aaron's like, don't go in there. And Marty's like, like, it's just like a movie set. Girl, it's part of the tour. I didn't pay all this money not to go in the cemetery. And Aaron's like, I have a bad feeling. And Marty runs in just three steps and then drops out of sight. And Aaron's like, Marty, where'd you go? (laughs) Marty? And she makes her way in and sees that he fell into an open grave. Ooh, this book is fun. Isn't this fun? She pulls him out and she notices like in the cemetery, there's like a bunch of tombstones that look like crooked teeth. But she notices this gray wisp that kind of like floats between the graves. This is kind of crazy. And she's like, is that is that fog? Is that a cat? And then she lo- and Marty, meanwhile, is looking at the tombstones and there's funny stuff like Jim Sock and Ben Dover S- and Sid Up. Uh, but then Aaron hears a cry from the back of the cemetery and then another shrill cry and then another and Marty's like wow these crazy cries are cool sound effects wow your dad does a good job my man and Aaron's like we should get out of here and then they hear a cry of like pure terror 
close to them. Yeah, there's fake terror before, but this is pure terror. And then a hand pops out of the ground. And then another, and another green hand. Arms, green hands and arms are popping out of the cemetery, just like in the movie Cemetery and Shock Street. This makes me think of... Attack of the Graveyard Ghouls. It makes me think of Attack of the Graveyard Ghouls, but also which is a which is a Goosebumps book in Goosebumps series two thousand. But also makes me think of some really cool, fun episodes of Tales from the Crypt Keeper. You oh know? yeah, this is very Tales from the Crypt. This Keeper. episode is very, very, very Tales from the Crypt Keeper. I think an animated version of this book would be fantastic. Oh yes, absolutely oh, girl, fantastic. Please. And anyway, if someone the, who's listening, please do that. Please, for Thank me, you. I'll be your best. I kill my best friend. I kill my best friend. And the hands, all these hands start popping out. One of them grabs Marty's ankle, and then two hands grab Aaron's ankle and start pulling her down, down deep into the ground. And they say, "Come, come down, down, come down with us, come down." And Marty falls to the ground and two hands grab his wrist and start pulling him literally into the ground. And start slapping him around real hard. It's very sexy. Erin manages to pull herself out of the grip of one and of the hands. And how she does is she pulls herself out of her straight up shoes till she's all barefoot because the zombie people be grabbing her shoes. Now she's barefoot in the graveyard trying to, sorry, cemetery, and tries to pull Marty, help Marty up. Because he has six hands on him now. And she's like, pull, hands, off, your, hands, hands. pull off your sneakers. It'll get your feet free. And she uh, she tries to grab his um, wrist, one of the hands that's grabbing his wrist, but another hand slaps her. Smack. Slaps Bitch. her hand really hard. Anyway, he manages to pull himself up now that he's got his, now that he's got his footing. You, you get knocked down seven times, get up eight. And, and uh, he also takes off his socks, so I think is an interesting note. And because he wants to... He's like, it's, it's His easier. His feet were warm. It's, it's, it's better on bare feet to run away than slipping on socks. And at this point, dozens of hands, hundreds of hands are po- are popping up from the tall grass. And the voices start cro- start come crying down. louder, louder. Come down. Come down. Come down. And Aaron and Marty are like, these robots are out of control. And heads start popping out of the ground. Empty eye sockets, toothless mouths. Are Shoulders and arms poking out. Bright green bodies hit the floor grunting and groaning and they run and slip and make their way try to get out of the cold graveyard onto the empty street and then the next like seven chapters are just like absolute complete sheer relentless terror yes pretty much to the end of the book actually really and they get on the empty street they're like really where is everyone something's definitely wrong with this tour these can't be robots yeah please someone help us dad where are you it's nighttime now they they search in horror hardware store there's no one there there's no no one in shock city electronics no one's there and they run down the street and they come across a building that they don't recognize from any movie that's a dark castle looking building with two stone turrets. They sure like their turrets on Shock Street. And past that castle is another like big dirt empty lot with a low brick wall. It's a, it's about like six feet tall uh, ish. And they like maybe they're like maybe we can get to the main road over this brick wall because we don't ha- don't know how to get off. But Shock first Street. to get to the wall, they have to run through this thick mud. But as they're running through the mud, they get stuck and their feet start sinking into the dark ooze and they sink deeper and deeper up to their waist and then up to their shoulders. How? And they're being sucked into the mud. But then right as they're about to die, strong hands. Well, it's like re- the mud is like about to pour into Aaron's mouth. And strong hands grab her under her shoulders and pull her up a palop. And she 
and you realize that Marty and Aaron are both free. And they're like, who saved us? And they turn around and there are glowing red wolf eyes, human, but with the faces of wolves, clawed hands covered in black fur, long brown snouts curved into toothy grins, sharp pointed ears above thick tufts of black wolf hair. And they're both wearing silvery cat suits. They're sleek and tight-fitting. Oh, I know who that is. It's Wolf Girl. And it's Wolf Boy. Thank you. Thank you, Wolf Boy. Thank you, Wolf Girl. We got lost in the tram and we need to go back. Can you please help us find our way out? And so the wolves help them to the tram and the ride is over and they get they they tell their dad it was really fun. No, what happens is the wolves just growl and drool and did a lick their teeth and Aaron and Marty like we know your actors stop enough with the act please Evan's like Aaron's like like, I've had enough I've had enough take off the mask take off the mask but the mask won't come off I can't get it off me and she realized it's it's real fur warm skin sorry this face is your face now there's no place I can reach my hand and there's no line between the mask and your skin there's no line here it's 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 a real gorilla hair it's real wolf, wolf hair and warm skin and Aaron's like, Marty, now do you believe me? They're now not do you re- believe that everything's real and it's not all made up? My dad couldn't possibly have done all this. So they sort of back up and they, they're back this up against... The whole next sequence doesn't really make much it sense. It doesn't make any me. sense. They're back up against this sort of... the the That wall, right? That brick wall we were talking about. So it's kind of like Aaron and Marty are like, fuck, like... What do we do? Like, we can't get out of here. Meanwhile, Wolf Girl and Wolf Boy are kind of going, growling. They're just they're standing of, there and sort of like growling. They're kind of at writhing them. sexually and growling at them, but not really attacking. And they're like, what do we do? And they're like scrambling to they're crawl like, up this we, wall. Can we get to the get wall? It's it. too high, though, but Aaron boosts Marty up and then he pulls her up, but she can't quite get her knees up over the top. They're sh- it's scraping, scraping the bricks. Ow, scraping hard on her elbows and knees. And that's when the wolves decide to, at that point, attack. I also don't understand how two 12 year little kids can climb themselves up and over a wall but there's wolf boy and wolf girl can't jump up and can't attack them it doesn't make any sense yeah they don't even have to jump it's only six feet tall they, they basically reach out they, they, they pull themselves up onto the top of the the wall just in time and the wolves leap and scratch against the wall but they can't quite get to them for some reason and aaron's like oh what about our stun guns yeah. and she was, and aaron goes yeah i remember mine fell from my hand when they when i was in the mud and i was like girl you guys were still holding onto these stun guns the whole time and marty's like yeah mine's still tucked into my jeans and so like let's go it's let's shoot let's shoot the the uh, wolf boy and wolf girl are you ready one, one two three fire Bzz, and a beam of yellow light shoots out and and nothing. nothing happens in fact wolf girl and wolf boy start attacking more and wolf girl jumps out and claws at aaron's leg and aaron falls over the other side of the fence and lands hard on the ground and marty follows her and they sort of dizzily get up. And they're kind of looking in the dark and they're like, what's going to happen now? We're away from Wolf Boy and Wolf Girl. But then two pairs of yellow eyes come shooting at them towards the dark. And they're like, no. It's not yellow no. eyes. It's, it's yellow lights. It's ye- two yellow lights of the tram. And it's coming around a curve right towards them. She'll be coming around the corner when she comes. And they're like, we have to jump on the tram. It's not going to stop for us. It's a, it's moving so fast. We have to jump on. At this point, the wolves have jumped over the fence. And they're like, we don't have a choice. Let's go. So they run towards the tram but marty trips and lands hard on his stomach and aaron trips over him and they miss the tram oh just miss the tram
So they get up, their bare feet slap, slapping the pavement, and they try to jump onto the last car as the wolves are nipping at their heels, and they barely make it onto the last car, Ooh. and they made it. And they're on the, the last little car tram thing, and they're like, this place is fucked up. Like, I don't know what your dad is doing. He's, like, making real-ass monsters. But then they realize they aren't alone on the tram. The rest of the tram is filled with people. And I wanted to read this section. The other passengers on the tram all turned around at the same time, and I saw their grinning jaws, their dark, empty eye sockets, the gray bones of their skulls, skeletons. The other passengers were all grinning skeletons, their jaws opened in dry laughter, cruel laughter that sounded like the wind screeching through bare trees. Bones rattled and clattered as they raised their yellowed skeletal hands to point at us. Their skulls bobbed and bounced as the tram carried us faster, faster through the darkness. And Marty and I slumped low in the seat, trembling, staring at the grinning skulls and the pointing fingers. Who were they? How did they get in this tram? And aware were they taking us? This is as sexy as it gets for me. I was like, woo, this is Goosebumps at its absolute best, girl. It's always been my wildest dream to be on a roller coaster or a ride and be the only person and everybody else is a skeleton. Pointing and laughing at me. Ever since I was little, it's always been my wildest dream. It's, it, this is... Never in my wildest dream. So very sexy. So the tram is still rocketing through down the road, right? Yeah. And you beyond the trees, Eric can kind of see those movie studio buildings, and she realizes they're getting they're driving away from them. And she's like, "Oh no, we sh- should we jump? It's too fast!" And it squeals around a sharp curve, and they're approaching a castle, and there are swirling spotlights on the castle. <sighs> And there's twin towers and a solid stone wall right at the front of the castle. And they realize they're headed straight for that stone wall. So right before they're about to smash and die into the stone wall, they jump out of the tram and roll, landing hard on their sides. And they see that the tram goes right through the wall, zips through it. Without a sound, it just disappears right through. And they're like, what? Is it some kind of trick? But then they get up and they slap the hard stone walls of the castle and they're like, what the fuck? We were on that tram. We know that tram was for real, but it's completely disappeared and the stone wall is hard as realness. So they decide to follow sort of around the walls of the castle towards the back or front of the castle, whichever one. And once they get to the back, the road has appeared again. And they're like, oh, thank God we found our way back to a road again. A road. And it's like the road basically went through the castle, which I think is kind of funny. And interesting. And they follow the road as it curves up a hill and they see the buildings and Aaron's like, oh, it's finally those those movie studio, the sound stages. But finally. they realize, oh no, wait, that's not the main platform. That's not the that's not where we started. We're back on Shock Street. We made a complete circle. We're back to the cemetery and all the old shops. We made a complete circle. We're back on Shock Street. Why were we started? And then with this weird thing happens where they see a gray puff float up. From the cemetery, and then another described like snowballs or cotton, and there's dozens of these like floating gray balls that float up, and they start to inflate, and they grow like gray balloons. And here's here's what Marty or Aaron says. And I saw faces inside them, dark faces etched in shadow, like the man in the moon. The faces scowled at us, old faces lined and creased, eyes narrowed to dark slits, frowning faces sneering inside the billowing white puffs and these faces and these like puffs of faces start spinning and swirling and swirling around them faster and faster trapping them inside swirling and choking them with their mist and as as that happens they hear a voice say cut print that one 
Good scene, everyone. And Aaron says, I let out my breath in a long woo. And then a man comes up to them wearing jeans, a gray sweatshirt under a brown leather jacket, a blue and white Dodgers cap sideways on his head with a blonde ponytail holding a clipboard and wearing a silver whistle around his neck and says, Thumbs up. I'm Russ Denver. And Aaron and Marty are like, what? But they're just so relieved to see a human being. They start saying, oh my gosh, help us. The monsters, you won't even, they're real. They're real. real." He says, Russ Denver goes, whoa, whoa. It's all special effects, guys. Didn't they tell you we'd be filming your reactions? We're filming a movie. And Aaron's like, what did you just say to me? How could you? We had no idea this was happening. And he was like, all right, guys, hey, and says to the crew of guys that are there, take, take a break, lunch, guys. He's like, well, your dad didn't explain it to you. Of course we were filming a movie today. Everything was fake and we were filming your reaction. And Aaron's like, listen, I'm pissed. How can I just get back to that main pl- platform and see my dad? And he goes, oh, your dad, he's right through that door. And he points to the house that's next to the street. And Aaron's like, wait, that's Shockrose House of Shocks. <laughs> That Shocker's house of shocks. And he's, yeah, it's just straight through there. And this narrow path leads to this door where there's the door's kind of half open. There's a pale yellow light shining through it. And Aaron's like, but won't we get shocked? Anyone in the movie who goes through Shocker's house of shocks gets jolted with 20 million volts of electricity. And Russ Denver's like, y'all, it's just a movie. This is a set. And Aaron, Aaron, Aaron and Marty are like, all right, I guess we should go for it. And Marty's like, all right, here we go. And Marty runs towards it. And Aaron's like, well, wait, I just want to pause. I feel bad. I should apologize I should to Mr. the director, Mr. Denver. I should I should apologize, Mr. Denver. I'm sorry for getting so upset earlier. It all makes sense now. And as she looks back, Mr. Denver has started to walk away and she sees a power cord coming out of his back. And she's like, wait, this isn't a movie that's being filmed. This isn't an actual director. This guy is a robot. He's fake too. Or what? And she just knows that Marty should not run through that door because he will get shot. And she's like, Marty, Marty, don't go in that house. Whatever you do, don't go in that house. And she runs and for in some like, reason, Marty doesn't react. And Aaron runs after him and does something kind of strange. She dives a wild dive to stop him, misses and skids across the walk on her stomach. Ow! And she sees as Marty walk through that there's a loud buzz and a sharp crackle of electricity and a bright, a bright flash. And he like falls down and lays face down on the floor. And she runs to the doorway. She's like, I don't care if I get shocked. I have to make sure Marty's okay. And as she's trying to shake him awake, a dark shadow falls over her. And she realizes she's not alone. I spun around with a gasp. Was it Chakro, some other scary creature? A tall figure leaned over me. I squinted into the darkness, struggling to see his face. Dad! Dad! I cried as he came into focus. Dad! Dad! Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Aaron, what are you doing here? He it, asked in a low voice. It, it's Marty, I stammered. You've got to help him, Dad. He's been shocked and he... He, Dad leaned closer. Behind his eyeglasses, his brown eyes were cold. His face set in a troubled frown. Do something, Dad. Marty is hurt. He isn't moving. He won't open his, open his eyes. The studio tour was so awful, Dad. Something is wrong. Something is uh, terribly wrong. He didn't reply. He leaned closer. And as his face came into the soft light, I saw that he wasn't my father. Who are you? I shrieked. You're not my dad. Why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you helping Marty? Do something, please. Where's my dad? Where is he? Who are you? Help me. Somebody help me. Help me. Dad Marge. 
Mr. Wright stood staring down at Aaron and Marty. He shook his head unhappily. He shut his eyes and let out a long sigh. Jared Curtis, one of the studio engineers, came running into the house of shocks. Mr. Wright, what happened to your two kid robots? He demanded. Mr. Wright sighed again. Programming problems, he muttered. He pointed to the Aaron robot frozen in place on her knees beside the Marty robot. I had to shut the girl off. Her memory chip must be bad. The Aaron robot was supposed to think of me as her father, but just now she didn't recognize me. And what about the Marty robot? Jared asked. It's totally down, Mr. White replied. I think, Mr. White replied, I think the electrical system shorted out. What a shame, Jared said, bending to roll the Marty robot over. He pulled up the t-shirt and fiddled with some of the dials on the back. Hey, Mr. Wright, it was a great idea to make robot kids to test the park. I think we can fix them. Jared, Jared opened a panel on Marty's back and squinted at the red and green wires. All the other creatures and monsters and robots worked perfectly, not a single bug. I should have known there was a problem yesterday, Mr. Wright said. We were in my office. The Aaron robot asked about her mother. I built her. She doesn't have a mother. Mr. Wright tossed up his hands. Oh, well, no problem. We'll reprogram these two. Put in new chips. They'll be good as new in no time. Then we'll try them out once again on the Shocker Studio Tour before we open the park to real kids. Girl. He took the Marty robot from Jared and slung it over his shoulder. Then he picked up the Aaron robot. He tossed it over his other shoulder. Then humming to himself, he carried them to the engineering building. Woo! Usually we read the first paragraph and the last paragraph, but that, those two chapters are so good. You got to be reading the whole thing. Yeah, right? This is the only Goosebumps book where we have an ending that isn't a first person perspective. Maybe. Right? The first one so far, I think. Yes, definitely so far. It's such a great, amazing, ridiculous twist. Insane twist after twist after twist. And it's one of the first things I think about when I think about this absolute delicious, magical book. Yes, it's fantastic. And you, an hour ago, you, you may remember I noticed that the, Aaron's dad saying, Whoa, calm down, Marty. You might blow a fuse. And I love little winks like that. Yeah, it's, this book's a, t- a total, complete blast. It's perfect. Classic Goosebumps, classic Arl Stein. Now, unfortunately... We should we should at least spend a little time talking about the TV episode. You guys, this episode, I actually recommend watching it, but it's absolute trash. It's garbage. It's thoughtless, brainless, cheap-ass claptrap. Yes, it's really piss poor. I feel like it. lately we've been saying this about whatever, the late the TV episodes lately have not been so great as when the books have been really, really good. No, unfortunately not. Now, but this, D- Dale pointed out to me when we were watching, he was like, this is what happens when you try to shove a two-hour movie into 20 minutes. Yes, this this book is way too big for a 30-minute uh, TV not, episode, 20, especially on, a, on a, a low-budget TV show. The lowest budget for this. Now, this episode was actually season three, the first episode of season three. Yeah. And it aired on September 6th, 1997. And you guys, they had a pull way back on all the stuff we just read. Yeah. Or and talked also, about. So we have, you know, I had a, a 90s night at my place recently and we had some people over and we were watching some episodes of Goosebumps and um, uh, we were watching Say Cheese and Die and we were talking about how Sherry, all her all her dialogue was 80-yard. And I was thinking about, and I, I'm, 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 I'm drawing a blank right now on the, 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 um, my Harry's Adventure, the girl in that episode as well. But like, I don't know what the trend is with having the the actresses, just the actresses specifically, all their lines being 80 yard for some reason. But you guys, I think this whole episode is worth watching because the actress who plays Aaron is so outstandingly, hysterically, shockingly bad. And all of her dialogue is random. All AR. of it is 80 yard. But the, the the guy who plays Marty is the same actor who is Jerry. His name is Ben Cook. Murder. Jerry. And he's also, he's also in, in um, Welcome to Dead House. 
That's right. So I guess they ran out of kids in Canada or something. I think he's really fantastic. He's unreal. I think he's really he's great. So and good. if his stuff is 80 yard, he does it so well that it doesn't seem like it is. Only the stuff that Aaron, the actress, it's so shot. It pulls such focus. Really? I'll, I'll put it in clips. I can't believe we're stranded here on this stupid ride. Can anyone hear me? She's, oh gosh. Anyway. So this, the TV episodes, there, there's a little bit of an adjustment. Aaron's dad is is not is not exactly like a theme well it's not clear he's not like a theme he doesn't design theme park rides or design theme he's parks he's kind of like a crazy kooky mad scientist to be completely honest and he's the guy that does the the monsters for the movies the shocker and shock street movies and it's a slight adjustment but in the book it's like he designs theme parks he's working for shocker studios to make the monsters come to life for yeah. uh for the 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 tour ride, right? And for, in this episode, he's the guy that does like monster effects for the movies. Yes. So and he's and he's he wears a yellow lab coat and he looks like a mad scientist. Again, this is that thing where it's like pandering to kids, where the adults are complete cartoons and we cannot handle them being like real full fully dimensional people. But anyway, it opens up with them in just a room with all literally the, all the masks besides the haunted mask from the haunted mask, and it's just a recycle of previously used goosebumps props over the last two seasons of goosebumps. recognizable it's the creeps from uh, calling all creeps which we haven't gotten to yet we haven't got there yet there's the uh, a some mummy trouble a mummy well. from return of the mummy some stuff from deep deep trouble as two, well deep trouble two that will be coming up and you know, all the ma- as matthew said all the masks from the haunted mask to and- me as a as a as a expert goosebumps fan but i think also like an average goosebumps fan or like a layman's fan or whatever the phrase is would completely recognize all of these totally recognizable yes. things from previous there's the the um wolf from uh werewolf of fever swamp yeah they're just laying around there in just some room and like aaron and marty are kind of just walking around these masks and stuff as they're walking around they see like a melty face man standing and it's they're like wow it looks so real and then like aaron and marty walk away and then this melty face man that's standing there kind of comes to life behind them and then they see a werewolf arm and they're like wow terrifying but then this werewolf head sitting on a table with like wires coming out of it basically comes to life and attacks attacks them and, and like the hand attacks them and like the melty man comes toward them and they start screaming it's kind of scary but it doesn't really make any sense and then mad scientist dad comes out and goes hey guys and aaron's like hey mighty meet my crazy father dad i got you good very funny dad he just about scared my friend to death Marty, meet my crazy father. The dad comes out and is like, I was just, I was just fooling. I want you guys to try my the, the Shocker and Shock Street tour. It'll be great. And she's like, hey, dad, can mom come with us? And there's a really specific, weird sort of sound effect that happens almost the entire episode that's like... So I know we're like talking trash or whatever, or just like spelling it out, but... Even as as crappy as all this is, I was having an absolute entire total blast. In fact, I Instagram storied some of it because the scene where it's like, mom, what about mom? The way it's done is so over the top and ridiculous that I was gagging and I was like, well, I'm definitely buying this episode even though I hadn't bought it before. Hey, dad, can mom come with us? Excuse me? What did you say? Can mom come? She loves scary rides. No. It really calls out the. It really ruins the the twist. This this whole episode, I think. If you choose to watch this episode, especially the first half of it, in an ironic way, where you realize how terrible and crappy all of it is, it turns into this this thing that's almost completely beautiful in it in its (laughs) simplicity. Well, there's a moment where 
there a door open is, is open in whatever this wherever uh, they are lab room is i don't know even know what you call it and like a bright and yellow light is coming out of it and and aaron's like dad what's in that room and like, he says never- don't you ever go in that room and Aaron's like, you don't have to yell. I don't like it. So we already know something's up with the dad. Something's weird about the mom. And then you know. then you blink, and they're basically on a like a, a makeshift roller coaster ride or like a haunted house tour. They're like, okay, great. Now it's time to go on a Shocker Shocker Street Studio tour. Now you're on the tour. And the tour, the tram is one car. It just has like a a, a clumpy, cheap ass like skull face with like i don't know wings next to it and like the next like actually eight uh, five or eight minutes or so are to- are totally fun for me because it does seem like a really hokey stupid cheesy haunted house riding through a haunted house attraction well w- really what it is you guys is it's just the same hallway over the and same over hallway redressed. over and over redressed yeah. and the first hall they, they are given the stun guns which i like to point out there's no point for the stun guns in the book no and almost none in the yeah Almost none of the TV episode either. Yeah. They're giving the stun guns. There's no Linda. There's no nothing. Just the the dad runs the ride by itself. And the, when the when the tram comes up, I thought it was kind of cute. It, it says, viewers beware, you're in for a scare. <laughs> was kind of funny anyway they go through one hallway and they, like hands like reach out towards them and they go into another hallway that's and, like flames cgi flames cgi shoot flames out shoot out at and them. then there's a sequence where one of the masks from the haunted mask is put on a guy and he has a big tongue hanging out of the mask and he's sitting on like an electric chair and like he gets electrocuted and by another another man wearing another mask, mask from the haunted, haunted mask, mask and says say good night freddy which absolutely makes no sense and like shocks the guy and they and what i think is interesting is aaron and marty from the very beginning aren't at all like this ride is gonna be fun this is crazy and fun they're all uh, immediately already terrified yeah like it's not even like this ride is cool oh no something's wrong with the ride from the very beginning they're like only seem bored or terrified and they're they go to another hallway it's the same hallway uh with and scarecrows slice at them with sides It's it's the scarecrows from scarecrow walks at midnight and they are like going down the dark hallway, like a hallway that has like a green swirl, and it's the same face of the guy that got electrocuted. <laughs> the same mask. Same mask, and he's like kind of like giggling, and it's really messy. It doesn't make any sense. And then the ride just like kind of stops, and it stopped for about maybe one to two seconds. And they say we need to get out and run and get out of here. Something's wrong. And as they get out, a voice says, "Remain in your seats. Do not leave the the ride." And do not leave the tram and Aaron immediately is like I can't believe we're stranded here on this stupid ride I can't believe we're stranded here on this stupid ride can anyone hear me of course there's some bats whatever they get out of the tram they run into some bats uh and they run into the toadinator who is a creep from calling all creeps with an extra little eyepiece and they what don't they shoot at him with the stun guns and he walks away nothing happens yeah and as they are trying to get out, a voice says, beware, you're entering the tunnel of doom. They've, they're, Which is not a thing. And it, it honestly, to me, sounds like a PA that they just last minute were like, could yeah. you just record this for us? It's yeah. like a woman's voice, I think, being like, beware, you are entering the tunnel of doom. Beware, you are entering the tunnel of doom. 
and they like walk up to this thing it says in case of emergency push this button and they press it and next thing they know they're uh, out the they're, door opens and they're out on shock street could you explain what shock street looks like um shock street looks like uh they had a saturday afternoon to go to like some colonial town or like some fake street not even as nice as universal studios somewhere else and they bought some dime shit 99 cent store crap stick halloween decorations and they plastered them up on buildings at one point please please if anyone's listening to this and has made it this far and has watched this episode explain this to me if you just it's this abandoned town with like poor piss ass poor pissant um set dressing but they're with like neon mushrooms what, like all over what's the place on the ground it looks like you know those neon orange cones that are but like they poured cones. sludge over them it's like it's like they've melted and they poured sludge so there's these like sticky stumps coming out of the ground that are orange and i'm like where the fuck are and i literally i literally turned it in and i said what are those supposed to be and there's like literally one building says the word clown heads on it and the other one just says the word comedy on on like an old timey building it doesn't make any sense they Start checking out the things that are in Shock Street. There's one door that says it's a, it's a tiny sign that they had made last night. It's like eruption. eruption, and it's a room filled with flames. They go to this other building and they open up the door, and inside are like storm clouds and like stock footage of lightning. And they're like, "How do we get out of here?" And my my thought was like, "I don't know, like walk past the building or get, walk down the street." But they go into a comedy arcade where there's an elevator, and they say, "Maybe we'll get out this way and by like, taking the elevator down." And all of a sudden, they're like in this like neon glowing opening high of voltage room street like like steam factory room steam factory dungeon and like they're like uh, and and marty is like let's go check out this room and aaron's like it says high voltage don't go in there there's on like it. a chain link fence and inside is just like lumps of green things and marty's like let's check it out but then like a creature an ambiguous creature comes out from like the fence and grabs marty and pulls him towards the fence and marty gets like kind of electrocuted but then not he falls on the ground and then like wakes up and is fine and he's like i can still feel those volts ripping through my body and they're like all right let's leave pointless you guys pointless <laughs> Aaron's like, oh, no, I know these are real monsters. The and elevator then, doesn't work. And so they and wander the, around this dirty room of this, <laughs> you guys, out of nowhere too. Later, when we get to Deep Trouble 2, one of the fish heads from that, there's a there's a, a, a man in a robe with a giant fish head who all of a sudden, it goes into like this weird 90s music video jerky editing where this piranha person, I guess, starts attacking them. But every time we see the piranha person, it's it's like in this weird trippy slow motion for no reason and marty tries to pull the mask off but it's not a mask and the the creature's going oh and they try to shoot him with the guns but the guns don't work now and they like run up some stairs and just run around a bunch of pipes and steam pipes and boilers and boiler rooms to nowhere and then they they, (laughs) they find an elevator that says shock street on it but the piranha person still is like following them and and I don't know, like, they pull his head off, the Shaprana person's Whatever. head off. And then they, and like, it's a, they feed, see that it's a robot. They make it to the elevator, and they cut to the dad in, I, in I, this, I like, this. control room. And there's a bunch of, like, blonde twins or whatever with, like... The gl- same neon yellow jackets that, that the dad is wearing. And they're, like, watching Aaron and Marty on, like, surveillance footage. And all of them are wearing those neon yellow jackets, hair slicked back with glasses. And it's like, oh, he's a crazy scientist who's watching them. So, so about two-thirds of the way of the episode, we know that the dad is, like, 
testing them on the rides and that something's up with them. Yeah. And that they're he's sinister and something's wrong and all of his employees are slick-backed, bespectacled blonde women. Who twins. aren't, who I'm convinced aren't actresses and were hired literally just because they were twins because they have some really dead line delivery that's really, really terrible. I knew there was a glitch when they started talking about a mother. I never further of them to think they had a mother. I know. Maybe some of the wires got crossed. I'm not sure. It's a shame these robots were a good way of testing to see if the ride was safe. Oh well. Aaron and Marty, for some reason, find themselves in the middle of the day back on Shock Street. It couldn't be less scary. It's a sh- it's a sunny, beautiful day, and everything's fine. And then, like, the dad's stalking them from Walks behind. towards he's... him with a remote control, and... And Marty decides he's gonna, like, run and attack the dad for some reason. He, like, he's, like, sees him with a remote control. He's like, what are you doing? This is all your fault. And goes to, like, attack the dad, but the dad, like, presses a button on the dial that he's holding, and it shuts Marty down. <laughs> yeah. And Aaron's like, you're evil. You're evil. What did you do with my mother? Mother, and then he switches the same dumb switch on her back and she kind of slumps forward. What did you do? What did you do to Marty? Why did you create these monsters? What have you done with my mother? Let me go! You're evil! Let me go! the twin you know scientist women come out and they like it's such a shame that like you know these robots robots or whatever and they like put them over their shoulders and walk out commercial break and it says they're a good way of testing to see if the ride was safe oh well that's where the episode should end yeah but it doesn't you guys then there's a commercial break and then we come back and we go come back and it's back in the lab and the dad is working on a new robot version of both Aaron and Marty. He's like, I'm going to call you Aaron too and Marty too. And the original robots are standing in the corner. And as he's working on them, the original robots eyes open and like ominous music plays. And then I said like, you, you, you know, you, he's like, I deactivated you. And they're like, there's some, some things, things you, you don't, you don't know about. You don't know everything about everything, like terrible lines. Like you don't know everything about everything. Yeah, robots, we're alive now. And, and, and they're responding to what Aaron's dad said out loud was, I'm going to make the new robots more durable than the originals. And they're like, we're durable too. There's not, you. everything wants to live even robots and then they stumble forward to like attack the dad and then it abruptly ends and the credits come flying up i'd say you made us plenty durable durable enough for revenge anyway and you thought you could just discard us but but i deactivated you (laughs) so you thought i guess there are some things you don't know about us aren't there We don't want to be deactivated. Do we, Marty? No. We don't like that. We don't like that at all. Everything wants to live. Even robots. What? I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know. What? It kind of makes you want to watch it again, actually, because it's so oh, terrible. I'm definitely watching it again. I think the first, like, the first half of the episode is a total blast. And then if you can make it through and kind of, like, you can do a drinking game to it, it's it's really, really fun. I just, it kind of blows my mind that in a book that's filled with so much stuff yeah. that they would spend such a large chunk, of, large chunk of it 
after the twist is it's revealed. It's thoughtless and brainless. It doesn't make any sense. They clearly didn't think they, about it, it at all. It, it, it's, I believe they did it because it's such a fan favorite, but it just shouldn't be done on a small scale no. or low budget. It's, it's, it, I'm hoping it's Goosebumps 2. I'm hoping it's the sequel to the movie, but I know that it's it not. Be, yeah. I know that it's not. But it was so much fun to revisit this book and go back to Shock Street because it's a, this is such a great one. I can't believe we're stranded here on this stupid ride. Can anyone hear me? Oh, my heart hurts for what's next. I know. I know. Haunted Mask 2. The Haunted Mask 2 is coming up. It's going to be confusing because it's not Halloween time here when we're going to be recording it. Oh, man. These are some good ones, though. This is good. I absolutely love A Shocker in Stock Street. I want to read it again and again and again. Were you guys shocked? It is is the ultimate in Goosebumps twist. It, it, It is filled with so much spooky goodness um we want to give a, some quick shout outs thank you for those of you that have reached out to us we've been getting so many fun emails yes um i want to email us anytime at um welcome to deadcast at gmail.com a yeah. special shout out to um patrick and soren i believe yeah and um patrick you uh, hey, hey son he, his five-year-old son loves listening to us <laughs> Let's um, listen to our profanity. Um, you know, that that's your parental choice, and I, I I approve. Yeah, we fall down hard on our elbows and knees for you, too. If you guys like what we're doing and love this podcast, do us a favor. Yeah. Um, write a review on iTunes. Um, give us five stars. And, and, yeah. and just say or good if, things. If you it want pushes it. us up on, like, a list of podcasts, so it makes it... it it just does it just does good things for all of us as a community if you want to tweet at us or uh stalk us on our instagrams mine is my instagram is matthew underscore scott underscore montgomery and my twitter is i robot you jane and mine for both is danny mac 769 if you tweet us or message us about goosebumps like pretty much guarantee we're going to respond yes and talk thank about you for it. those of you that have reached out to us yeah just, i love it, it always makes it my makes day me so happy makes me so so very happy yeah i'm glad you guys are loving it as much as we're having fun doing it so it's time to put on another mask let's do it let's do it we'll see you guys next time if, if you, you dare. dare who are you you're not my dad why aren't you helping me why aren't you helping marty do something please where's my dad who are you? Help me, somebody! Help me! Go! Help me! Dad! Mr. Wright stood staring down at Aaron and Marty. He shook his head unhappily and shut his eyes. Jared Curtis, one of the studio engineers, came running into the house of shocks. Mr. Wright, what happened to you two kid robots? Oh, programming problems. He pointed to the Aaron robot, frozen in place on her knees beside the Marty robot. I had to shut the girl off. Her memory chip must be bad. The Aaron robot was supposed to think of me as her father, but just now she didn't even recognize me. What about the Marty robot? Oh, it's totally down. I think the electrical system shorted out or something. Oh, that's a shame. Jared rolled the Marty robot over. He pulled up the T-shirt and fiddled with some dials on the back. Mr. Wright, it was a great idea to make robot kids to test the park. I think we can fix them. Jared opened up a panel on Marty's back and squinted at the red and green wires. All the other creatures and monsters, all the robots work perfectly. Not a single bug. You know, Jared, I should have known there was a problem yesterday. We were in my office. The Aaron robot asked about her mother. I built her. She doesn't have a mother. Mr. Wright tossed up his hands. 
Oh, well, no problem. Listen, I'll take these two back to the shop, and we'll put in new chips, and, uh, well, they'll be as good as new. And we'll give them a shot next week again before, you know, the park opens for real. Then he carried them to the engineering building, back to his lab. <laughs> A Shocker on Shock Street by R.L. Stein. Created by Parachute Press and published by Scholastic Incorporated. I can't believe we're stranded here on this stupid ride. 